Welcome back to Two Quick Things. This is Shamina. I'm going to go ahead and get started. I've been thinking recently a lot about overthinking. As I just said, I've been thinking a lot about overthinking. Um, And I've come to a few realizations, maybe not necessarily conclusions, about overthinking. I realized that I overthink in situations where I'm preparing for opposition to show up. So I might be getting ready to write a very simple email, have a simple conversation as I see it as simple and clear. And then I stop to overthink because I have to, I have to, and I'll, I'll explain the have to part, consider all the, the ways that somebody may try to say that I said something in a, uh, an unpleasant manner, that I was aggressive or that I was rude. So I overthink how I present that information. So I try to like put a bow on it. And it's really annoying, this whole idea, not only of overthinking, but the fact that I, I feel like I need to put a bow on things, even if they're unpleasant informations, e- uh, informations. If it's unpleasant information, it's a message that isn't going to be the most desirable for someone to hear. I realize how much I overthink in preparing for that rather than just writing the thing, saying the thing that is important to say. And my experience has taught me that when I unfortunately say the things in a clear and concise manner, there are individuals who or groups who will take that as me not being kind or being curt or short in my communication. And I don't understand that. Um, I am under the belief, and I have been practicing for quite some time, which I talked about in another episode, uh, working with a sense of transparency and compassion, realizing that I'm talking to another person, and being clear in my communication, which should ideally eliminate, if not minimize, if not eliminate the, the message that this is what it is, and this is how I've said it. Now, you or somebody else may want me to say something with a different spin or say it with a smile on my face. And I can appreciate that's what you, other individual, may want or even need. And there's also the need for me to say things in a way that feels authentic for me and in a voice that sounds unique to me. Um, another reason I think I, I, I know that I overthink is I am allowing my confidence to be shaken. So there are experiences in my career over the course of time where I am confident about something and then I let how I think other people will receive that message shake my confidence. And then I say, I overthink and I go into this tailspin of, well, what will they say? Will they be mad at me? Who are they going to tell, quote unquote, tell on me? First of all, I'm grown, so you can't tell on me um, because I will share the information in front of whoever. So if you think you're telling on me, then that's cute and it's ineffective. But I realize that I allow my confidence to be shaken to a point that is really frustrating that I don't even authentically say what I need to say because I'm I'm trying to craft my words in a way that other people need to hear and they won't be in their feelings or they won't want to have uh, this desire to have a conversation about something that is clear um, or expect me to apologize for the way that I deliver my communication. Um, And I certainly tried very hard not to apologize or be sorry for something that I am neither apologetic for or sorry. So it's, It can be, especially as a woman of color, moving through this world that overthinking is a natural thing that I do. Um, 
I wish it wasn't so second nature to stop and pause and think, how are people going to receive my message knowing that I present myself in the skin that I'm in? How is that going to go over? Is it going to cause more harm than good? How do I need to package that information for other people to hear? As you can imagine, that is an exhausting place to exist in. I have I don't have a remedy for it just yet. Um, I've certainly been trying to say things that feel authentic to me and to be clear and kind um, and respond in a manner that I believe that I need to communicate that message. And I think part of this has come with my new role. I'm in a, in a temporary role where I am responsible for more uh, of the work of others without those individuals having uh, reporting responsibilities to me. So I am doing a fair amount of managing out, which I didn't realize was going to really amp up my overthinking uh, tendency in nature. Um, but my experience, my lived and true experience has taught me that I, I still need to do that. I still am running up against folks not knowing what to do with my delivery style. And I can't control that for other people. Um, and I can't, I, can, I guess I could control that for other people by really managing and overthinking my own. But truth be told, I don't want to do that. It is exhausting. It is emotionally exhausting. It is physically exhausting. It is mentally exhausting to continually try to verbal judo my way out of being heard, being understood, and really, in a sense, being respected. Um, I don't know if this happens across the board for... Uh, very specifically women of color in leadership roles, that it then just amps up the amount of questions that people get when things are quite clear. And I, I, I'm certainly open to the idea of there's some things that I, I'm not sure exactly how to explain or I'm, I'm still trying to work out in my mind how to communicate this or how this process is going to go or how this conversation will roll out. And on the flip side of that, there are some things that are super clear that folks, I don't know if it's just this desire to be difficult or play the devil's advocate, which I, I don't have an appreciation for because number one, I don't advocate for the devil, the end. But I, I think that it has been exhausting to play the conversation in my mind or, or read the email out loud and, and pass it by another colleague of color to be like, in this, can you see room where people might misinterpret this? So I spend a fair amount of time crafting, recrafting, um, asking for feedback uh, from colleagues that I trust. Uh, does this sound upset or angry or unclear? Does this leave holes? <clears throat> excuse me, based on what? <clears throat> excuse me, based on what you might know of a situation. Does this leave you with more questions than answers? Is there room for ambiguity? And I wonder how many other folks do that. And all I can do is, is come from the perspective of a woman of color in a leadership role um, who manages individuals, who manages out. And this is not my first time managing people and supervising folks or uh, kind of managing out. Um, and then the fair amount of managing up as well. So this whole idea, I wish I wasn't an overthinker. I wish I had at the end of this little segment, a cute little, here's a three-step thing of how to not overthink a situation because I am certainly trying to figure that out too. But think about that the next time that you are in a situation where folks maybe misinterpret what you say or 
it's read the wrong way or if you are the person who is constantly like this is unclear I don't understand think about the delivery of your message and think about the attitude that you you bring into it or the defensiveness in which you show up to that conversation because all of those factors influence how a situation conversation moment is going to move forward or if it's going to stall are you creating more work are you creating more emotional labor mental labor for people that you're working with. And again, what I can do is come from the perspective of a woman of color who is in a uh, managerial, if you will, supervisory role. So think about that. Um, Try not to overthink it. Don't be like me and overthink it. But if you got some tips and techniques, please, by all means, share. How do you not overthink those um, and kind of work yourself into a tailspin? The other quick thing that I want to talk about is censorship. And I don't mean censorship in in terms of the media censoring a certain kind of speech or language and whatnot. I, over my career, I have started to realize, and I was talking to a colleague about this the other day, the amount of censorship that I allow, that I put myself in. I censor myself with a lot of things that I have to say. A good chunk of that is based on Previous experiences where I have shared what is true and authentic to me, not in a disrespectful manner, not in a attempt to throw someone on their heels or anything of that nature, but in an attempt to not be the person carrying the emotional weight for a conversation or situation or relationship. Um, there are certainly times when I want to say the things that are true and authentic to me, to me. And then, as I previously said, I overthink those things. And then I censor myself into not saying what is true and what is real to me. There's so much of that that's wrapped up in the emotional labor of being not only a human being, but a person of color, being a black woman who has certainly, um, I don't want to say fallen tray, but I've certainly been assigned the role of in a number of occasions um, in the past, in the present um, and will be in the future of the angry black woman where I say something that is clear and by no means in a disrespectful manner. Because I'm like, I would show this to any supervisor that I had like this communication because but I don't think it's out the box at all. And I've gotten feedback from supervisors that I'm like. I'm not sure how this person misinterpreted this fairly this benign communication that you have written in an email or I was there for the conversation. I didn't see all that extra energy that this person is saying that you've put in there. So I censor myself. I make an active choice in a lot of situations not to say the things that I actually want to say and not like I'm going to like pop off on somebody or say something slick. But there have been times where I've wanted to say, again, past, present, and I'm sure it will happen in the future of like, what do you want from this, this conversation? Because I feel like we're leaning towards you wanting me to apologize something for something that you feel that I should be sorry for. And frankly, I'm not. That's what I want to say. That's oftentimes what I want to say when someone wants to have, a, a, an un, to me, an unnecessary conversation. Um, Because I don't know that it's going to make or break the relationship, the situation, because not everything is that serious. But I found I've certainly found myself, especially more lately in this role that I'm in, censoring what I have to say based on the experience that folks won't know how to let that go or to navigate that for themselves and not look for an explanation from me to hear from me to soften it up and to make them feel better. So there's so many situations where. 
I don't say those things. Not that be- not because they're unprofessional or rude or inappropriate. It's just I have to make a choice of where I spend my energy and where I spend my emotions and how I want to um, take care of myself. So some of that self-care is um, that so many people are talking about right now. Some of that self-care is not saying the thing that's going to cause all of this extra commotion for no reason whatsoever. That is a choice that I make. I wish that wasn't the choice. Um, however, until I feel like I'm in a space where I can be actually heard for the things that are important to me, I don't, I'm not sure how else to navigate those spaces because it's exhausting. It's exhausting enough to be a black woman doing life on this planet. And you can debate me on this. You can fight me on this, but you'll be fighting with yourself and debating with yourself because I have no, there's no, I'm not here for that conversation. But I think censorship, we, it's, it's such a touchy thing because people are like, show up you, I want you to show up to your work and I I really want to hear what you have to say. No, you don't. So I'm going to ask you to stop lying because if you really wanted to hear what I have to say, then you would, you would, and I would, you know, for those things that I may not want to hear, engage in a level of self-reflection of what is it about this that is turning me up right now? What is it about this conversation that I'm all in my feelings about or the hairs on the back of my head or back of my neck are standing up and I don't know what to do with myself. I'm compelled to say something. What is it about self, the individual that is causing you so much pain, so much desire, so much need to have a conversation about something? Because don't put that weight back on me. Because I likely said what I said with a purpose and with a meaning. And I try not to be confusing in my language. I try really hard not to be that because I feel like my language and my communication should be accessible and non-confusing. That's maybe one of the reasons why I might overthink some things now and again, because I want to, my goal is to communicate in a way that people will understand and hear. So that's a little bit about censorship. Um, That's all that I got for right now. Uh, Feel free to DM me or holler at me. If you have thoughts about either overthinking or censorship, the one thing that I want to end with, I guess this will be my moment because I forgot to do a moment last episode. So I'm binge listening a, a, a podcast right now that has become my favorite podcast. So um, for those who may not know, I cuss and I go to I, I love the Lord and I go to church on occasion. And I've been binge listening to the Woman Evolve podcast with Sarah Jakes Roberts. And there's a recent episode that she posted that had her sister in it. And her sister said some things that are transphobic. And so I was really disappointed to hear that uh, coming from some, I don't know her sister. I don't know Sarah Jace Roberts. So let's like, I'm disappointed in people I don't even know. But there was something in me that said, I'm not going to censor myself to not share what my experience was. So part of this was that Sarah Jakes Roberts, um, I guess one would say was brave and interrupted her sister a few times. and was like, you can't say that if we're supposed to be essentially, if we're supposed to be Christians, we're supposed to meet people where they are. And if this is where this person is, and this is where they're communicating that they are, our job is to love them and to receive them as where they are and who they are and who they tell us that they are. And so I, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I am moved. I really appreciated that. And I could have not said anything, Um, but I went ahead and slid in her DMs and I said, you know what? I appreciate that you took the time to interrupt the narrative of your sister because it can be difficult to navigate, 
um, familial relationships when there's uh, a disagreement or um, a Christian or faith-based uh, conversation and say what is true and authentic. So I just sent her a quick message and I, I was really appreciative of um, something that was fairly basic, like interrupting something, you know, from my viewpoint that is not okay. And I would hope others would have that viewpoint, but whatever, I can only be in control of myself. Um, but I was really appreciative that she took the time to interrupt the narrative because that gave me a different level of respect for her. And it gave me a little bit of insight of like, okay, I can continue to listen to this and feel good about what I'm listening to. Because at least I know that this person is making an effort to communicate and love um, in the way that God says that we should love, right? So lo and behold, oh girl, she done messaged me back. When we exchanged a few messages and I was like, okay. So I, I just appreciate when people are willing to interrupt the narrative, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't fully know what to say or how to get, as I say, I had a moonwalk out of that situation smoothly. The the effort it takes and the 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 feeling that you have when you interrupt something and you don't know where it's going to go. I just really appreciated that. So I was proud of her choosing not to censor herself. Cause you could, that's an easy thing that one could just cut out of the podcast and not put it on there. Cause it can be uncomfortable, but it gave me a little bit of faith that, okay, I see where you're coming from. And I see your faith and I see, um, I see that you can see me as a gay woman. Cause I certainly said that in the, um, my DM because I'm like that's not it's not a secret that I have um, but I was just really appreciative of that moment so when you have opportunities to interrupt a narrative I think about the bravery even if you don't know what to say even if you haven't verbal judoed in your mind what you're gonna say next take the we say take the risk take the step to interrupt that narrative and let folks know that some of those things are not okay I may not have all the right answers at the end of the day but I need you to know that it's not okay and that if we're, if we're saying that we are um, one way and that we profess this, then live it and not selectively. Is it going to be perfect every time? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I say take the, the step to engage in a dialogue. If there's something, that, um, something like that where you feel like, ooh, this, is, this is, seems antithetical to what we, we say we're about, so let's at least let me say something. And even if I don't have the right words to say, you know, pray for the thing to say next. And as I say, you know, um, let the Lord use you. And he may not know how to use you in that moment, but know that the things that we say are impactful to other folks. So that's it. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, under two quick things. I'm on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Hit me up ask questions, slide in my DMs if you want to, but thank you very much for listening and I'll see y'all next week.